Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Flytrap Podcast. My name is Christian. Once again, thank you for listening to the podcast. I've yet to buy another mic, so please bear with me. On today's episode, I interview Elizabeth Lee Crowther. She's a psychic medium and pet psychic. She's best known for appearing on ITV This Morning, doing pet readings for celebrities and viewers of the show. She's also an Amazon bestseller author of Life by Numbers, as well as a Pulse Talk radio presenter and she's been featured in a numerous of newspapers and magazines i enjoyed my conversation with beth and she's down to earth while speaking to her i definitely learned a little bit more about myself make sure to follow elizabeth on her social media and don't forget to check out her website anyways i hope you guys all enjoy the episode make sure to check out the flat trap podcast on youtube apple Podcasts, spotify and instagram Uh, welcome to the Flytrap podcast. You are actually the first guest from the UK that's uh, on the show, so I welcome you, and um, it's, I'm lucky to have you on. I'm very lucky to be here. Thank you. So do you prefer to go by Elizabeth or Beth? Most people call me Beth. Okay, we'll go with Beth then. So Beth, you are a psychic medium and an animal communicator, correct? That's correct. I've been doing pet psychic work and being a psychic medium for people uh, probably since about 2004. Okay, 2004. So one thing that I've always wondered when it comes to like, you know, psychic uh, mediums, um, when did you first like learn that you had these abilities? Well, I didn't ever learn that I'd got the abilities. I've always had them. Christian because when I was a child I had pets and I was really interested in animals you know even from the age of two I was a bit sort of obsessed with animals and I thought it was normal that when you owned a pet or when you was with an animal that I thought to hear their thoughts was what everybody else was experiencing Um, And I didn't realize that that wasn't what everybody else was experiencing from animals until I got older. Because when you do pet psychic work or animal communication, basically it works through a telepathic process. So it's a mind to mind connection. So it's like I can hear what they're thinking and I hear that in words but I can also see visions and pictures in my mind as well Um, and so that's the clairvoyant side of it so I would also get feelings um, I might even get smell and taste from from an animal and of course as a child I just thought everybody who'd got a pet was experiencing the same thing. And then when I got older and was talking to people about it, I realized that they weren't having that connection in the same way with their pets. Obviously, they were close to their pets, but they were not realizing what their pets were telling them telepathically. Now, when you, you know, you communicate with these animals uh, telepathically, do you ever have a sense of overwhelming feeling of uh, all the animals around you do you hear it all at once or you have the are you able to kind of just hone in on a single animal sometimes it's both 
Um, obviously, if I was just working with one pet, I would focus on that individual. If, for instance, you know, I might be in a field with several horses, then, yeah, it's quite possible that I would hear lots of different um, conversations, if you like, uh, from different animals all at once. And so you kind of then have to try and work out which one is attributing the information. So if you think of it a bit like when you're on um, like a Zoom call, you know, maybe you've got a few people and everybody's talking at once and you just have to kind of go, well, hang on a minute, just one person at a time. <laughs> it's a bit like that when you're trying to work out who is saying what. So ideally, you would work individually, but it's not it's not crucial. I mean, you have to be very open minded anyway when you do this work. So I kind of just think I allow it to happen and then work with what is coming through because I don't want to put any restrictions on it or I don't want to judge the information. So I'm kind of, you know, just let it let it happen and then I'll interpret it for the owner of the animal or maybe I'm just going on a walk and I'm just interested in what those, you know, it could be wild animals, it could be farm animals are, are having to say if they want to link in um, with me. I know it may sound really odd, so often what I do is demonstrate it, you know, so sometimes if somebody says, oh, well, I've got a dog, I've got a cat, I, I kind of show them how it works because it tends to make a little bit more sense that way. And I know that a lot of people may think that sounds really weird or a little bit wacky. But do you know what, Christian, if you've got an animal as a pet if you are open minded, you are probably already doing this and you don't even realize if you've got that real love for animals, it's just another natural part of communication. So, so many people can do this and I teach people how to do it. And do you know what? It's really easy. It's not really that complicated. So what are some of the techniques that you use to teach people, people that communicate with their animals, with their pets? Well, what I do is it's always good to start off any kind of psychic work or animal communication by calming your mind down through meditation. Now, people have differing views about meditation because a lot of people think that you have to clear all your thoughts when you meditate. And actually, you don't want to clear all your thoughts because you're actually trying to allow thoughts in. You know, you, you want to have the experience. So some people are put off by that and they go, oh, well, I can't meditate because I can't empty my mind. Well, I don't think anybody can actually empty their mind. It would be very difficult. But to kind of be calm, uh, maybe refrain from having too much caffeine uh, or any stimulants before you start is good because you want to kind of get into what I call like a psychic zone, if you like. So you're yeah. trying to access something called theta state in your brain and that's a little bit like you're not awake but you're not asleep you're just very calm and relaxed you know sometimes when you're daydreaming you know you might be sat watching telly and you kind of drift off into your own little world and then all of a sudden you think oh god it's seven o'clock and, and you kind of jump back in you know it's time, a bit like daydreaming is 
yeah it's probably the easiest way I can describe it so if you kind of practice um being relaxed in that way and then purely to communicate with the animal is the intention and the intention really is that you intend for that particular individual to be able to hear your thoughts and also you have the intention that you can hear their message back so telepathy is a two-way thing there is a, a receiver and there is a sender so at points you're the sender and you receive information and vice versa the animal will send you information and you receive it through a thought a vision a picture in your mind and often i say to people you know if you can imagine, for instance, that you're pulling up outside your home, just imagine the colour of your front door, imagine walking in through the door and you're going in your kitchen and you're looking at all the things on the work surface. It's kind of like that. You get pictures in your mind. Right. And so that doesn't feel foreign to you that feels quite natural so it's like that but the animals are putting the pictures there so it's like you're thinking about those things but you know that you wouldn't have been thinking about that unless the animal had put them there so you would have no reason to be thinking about that and if you think about when they're sending you if you like audio messages as i like to call them it, again it's like your own voice inside your head so right. if you're reading a book to yourself you often have your own voice in your head you don't have the author's voice who wrote the book mm -hmm. so often it's translated i think in your brain into your own voice so i will hear words i will hear names of people i'll hear phrases often it, it's it sounds like my voice in my mind because i believe your brain understands the telepathic messages right. that the animal is sending to you and it has to turn it into something that you can make sense of so when you kind of just explain it very simply and easily it starts to drop into place with people now the easiest way to start is by looking at a photograph of an animal because remember it's telepathy so there is no distance you don't even need you know you don't need to be with the animal to communicate telepathically and often people try to communicate with their own pets first and often i think that that can be more challenging mm -hmm. only because you are emotionally attached to your own pet and people think oh what if my pet tells me something that they don't like me or they don't like the food they're eating or i've done something wrong so right. instantly you kind of put a block there so if you practice with animals that maybe belong to your friends or a member of the family that you're not as close to you kind of drop those blocks and you're more open to receiving the information because it's not affecting you on an emotional level in the same way and then when you've practiced doing that then go with your own pets because it's a bit like when you learn to drive a car when you very first start you think of it 
in every stage you think I've got to get in I've got to put my seatbelt on I need to turn the ignition I need to put it in gear I need I need to indicate I need to put my foot on the brake you know you, you break it all down when you very first start to learn to drive when you've been learning when you've been driving for a, f a few years you don't even think about any of those steps you just get in your car and you just go to where you're going so what i'm trying to say to you is when you've done it quite a bit mm -hmm. it's easy to talk to any animal because you're that used to doing it it just becomes another part of of a natural thing to do so that's how i kind of explain it to people so i hope that's making sense christian no it absolutely does i mean i grew up with uh dogs my whole life i i have three dogs back at home and then my girlfriend has a dog right now. And I, I agree with you about we all communicate with our, our pets um, because, you know, I, I talk to my dog like if it's a normal person. And I, the way I see my dog communicating with me is through her eyes. And that's the way I kind of perceive what she might be feeling. That's a really good way. I think that you're quite spiritual yourself. And what always amazes me that when I communicate with people's animals, I found that they know a lot about you, about their owner. And I believe animals have a sixth sense and they can also be quite psychic, perhaps even more psychic than we are. And I often have predictions um, given to me from the animals for the for their owner and often these come true they let me know and things come true but I think that's great what you're doing you know you you're really feeling that bond with your dog and you're really looking to their eyes and, and you're ready you're at that point of communicating so it's just about being open to the process and not confusing your own thoughts with the thoughts that the animal is sending you because what people do is you know they they start off and they might say something to the dog and you, you can all try this how are you feeling today you know and, and then you might get in your mind oh i feel great and then you think, oh, well, that's what I would want them to say. I've just made that up myself, you know. Right. So people can often think they're making it up. And it, and it seems a little bit similar in your mind because some people anticipate it's going to feel very different to anything that you've experienced before. And actually, it doesn't feel really any different to something that you haven't already experienced. And so that is the crucial part of it, really is to know that you will have felt those feelings before you know but you just hadn't processed them so you're communicating with your dog all the time christian but you're just not quite processing the information that comes in so it'll be really good for you now um, to communicate with with your dog in this way and to practice and just say in your mind you know is there anything you need can I get you anything is there anything that would make your life um, more improved than it already is and just be you know conscious of what comes into your mind of if you see a picture of anything but the one thing I will say when you're talking about dogs and, and dogs you've had in the past and your girlfriend's dog and things like that, I keep seeing in my mind a dog that either had a broken leg or an issue with one of their legs. Do, does that make any sense to you? Because it's almost like I'm seeing a hobbling dog I mean, <laughs> in my mind. I mean, basically, uh, with my girlfriend's dog, I, I would say the closest to like being a hobble dog was that she's from uh, the shelter um so i mean oh, okay. in that sense that can kind of be in alignment with that but 
Um, so yeah, but I mean, as far as, you know, communicating with my dog, I think that she thinks her whole life is like, um, like somebody owes her something and she thinks she's on top of the world now that we have her, but um, that's just her personality. Um, and it's funny to me. Well, that may be how you're processing the information that she's sending you, because it sounds like you're getting the impression from her that she's quite grateful of the lifestyle and the love that you are providing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do definitely uh, think that. Um, so one, one of my things that you mentioned earlier um, was that you grew up, you know, um, always feeling that, you know, what you were feeling was normal until you finally started to talk to um, other people. When you finally, you know, kind of uh, came out with um, that you had these abilities, how did people kind of perceive you and how, what was the feelings towards you? It was very mixed. And my parents didn't really seem to be very shocked because, and my sister was the same, because they knew the infinity that I have with animals. Although to actually sort of explain to them that I believe animals are telepathic and communicate, it did take them a little bit of time to understand that and get the head around it. But I've never had any difficulty with any of my friends or any of my family. And we've got a big family um, and they're all they're all being so supportive. And when I sort of really well, when I sort of got well known for it, what happened um, was that I was helping somebody track their dog who'd gone missing mm -hmm. and this lady had cried so much because her dog had gone missing. It was on bonfire night. It had been scared off because of the fireworks. She cried so much that she detached the retina from her eye. Oh, wow. Uh, because of how, how much she cried. And um, this was probably in about 2005. So I'm going back quite a, a few years here. Because of that, it made the newspapers and, and it ended up on, on, um, channel four here in the uk on the richard and judy show they invited me in to talk about how i was tracking the dog and methods that i was using and then i got quite well known and ended up on other tv programs then so from where my family was concerned and, and friends people who i knew when they kind of watched it and they could see me working with people and demonstrating it they were like oh my goodness this is this really is true she really can do this right. what she says is right they just became like really excited for me and you know i'm not here to convert anybody and and i respect people's opinions and people's views we're all different at the end of the day um, and often if i do encounter anybody skeptical and, that, and they don't they don't believe it or they are really you know unsure about it i just start talking to them and literally christian within 30 seconds they've got their phone out showing me a picture of their pet so <laughs> they seem to um not be be curious even though they're saying they're skeptical they'll they'll show me a picture of their dog or their cat or their rabbit you know and and they'll say oh well this is my this is my cat and and so I think, well, you just said you were skeptical a minute ago and now you're showing me a photo waiting to see what your cat says about you and the situation you're in and and things. And they quickly 
they quickly come round to my way of thinking, fortunately. So I've been very blessed. I have a lot of people who's very supportive of what I do. They enjoy it. They're curious. And of course, I teach people. I think it's really important to share what I do. I don't want it just to be for me and a few other people that do it. I think that the more I can get it out there, um, that helps animals and that helps people build the bond even stronger. And it's so useful, especially if you've got a pet who has come from a difficult background. You know, it may be a rescue situation or an animal that's had several homes horses get sold on and passed around quite a lot so it can be useful to look at what's gone on for them what's gone on in their background um even if you have got a pet that's really pampered that you've had from a baby you know it's yeah. still nice to check in with them to see if there's anything that's going on for them or how they feel about things Obviously, I'm not a vet, so I can never make a diagnosis or a prognosis, but I have assisted vets when I've been asked when they've been a little bit um, stuck on something. And I have vets that come on to my workshops to learn more about it. So I'm always feeling very privileged when that happens. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would say that, I, you know, I consider myself a spiritual person, but I, you know, I've always thought that we share a you know, a spiritual bond between animals. Um, so I, I, I mean, I do believe that it's, uh, it's possible to, you know, communicate with animals. Um, so when you, you know, had this, you know, this uh, media coverage of yourself, what, what kind of opportunities did that lead to? It led to me being very busy. Um, but also, um, I kind of, realized that when I was doing these readings for people um, and I, I'm very skeptical myself and I needed it proven to me that this is really real. So what I started doing was doing readings via a photograph over email for people all over the world. So I knew that I couldn't possibly know the person. I could not have any uh, previous interaction with them because I needed to really know that this was completely correct and so I started doing lots of readings that way and I did hundreds and realized that each time I was doing it they could validate the information um, then I started getting people coming through in the readings you know people that were maybe a family or a friend that had passed away into the spirit world so I started doing readings and being a medium and bringing information and messages through and then I decided to split it so people would either have you know a, a psychic mediumship reading or an animal reading and this led on um, to me demonstrating doing stage shows I've got a radio show that's been going for over 10 years now which I have a big following so I'm very grateful um, for that but more recently um, Christian I was contacted um, last September September 2020 um, by a news agency that wanted to know if I'd ever predicted something for somebody that had come true via their yeah. pet and I told them a story about I'd communicated with a horse called Fred who'd got a bad back so the initial communication was to help and see if there was further assistance you know alternative therapies that could be used to help him and 
the owner, Caroline, um, was also a single lady who was also hoping to meet a soulmate in the future. And I said, oh, let's ask Fred and see if he knows if you're going to meet anybody. So Caroline was very curious about this part of the reading. And so I said, yes, you are going to meet anything. And he would also have a great big scar on his leg. And she would know he was her soulmate because she would, you know, obviously see the scar on his leg. Anyway, so right. she obviously wrote all the information down and was quite excited. Now, what happened next was that Caroline did go to go on to meet this gentleman and he was a sailor lives in Devon in the UK called Charlie and he had indeed got a huge scar on his leg. Now I was contacted by a news agency asking if I had any interesting animal communication stories to share. This was in September uh, 2020 and I told them this story and they wanted to come and film myself and Caroline and Fred and Charlie and they came to visit and they literally within a few days of them coming and filming um the story ended up in all the national newspapers wow. here in the uk and we were on the um sunday i think it was the daily star on a sunday the sunday star on the front page which was quite amazing when i went into the supermarket and saw it anyway because it sort of gained um quite a lot of views and, and it went all around the internet i was then approached to go on to this morning tv show and that is a big um tv show here in the uk which is on of a weekday with philip schofield and holly willoughby mm. on itv and they came and filmed me and caroline the horse fred and and charlie and they did a live link and we talked about what had happened. They really liked it. And they asked me to stay on and to do a phone in for the people who were watching the show where they could send in their photographs of their pets and ask questions. So I did a phone in and that went really well. And consequently, they've asked me to go back on um, twice since then. So I've been on this morning three times now doing pet psychic readings. Uh, the last time I went on, uh, it was with Dermot O'Leary and Alison Hammond. And also they asked me to communicate uh, with Joe Biden's dogs before he went into the White House to see what they thought. That was a very interesting right. um, conversation. So I did that as well. So lots of things came out during that TV show. It was very, very um, interesting thing to do. And they recommended me then to go on another ITV show called Sunday Best with Martin Kemp and Roman Kemp. Now, that was amazing because Martin Kemp was in a band called Spandau Ballet in the 1980s. And this is and all UK-based, correct? Yeah, all UK, all UK-based. And of course, when I, in the 80s, I was a teenager, I absolutely loved Spandau Ballet. So when they asked me to go on to Martin Kemp's Sunday Best show with his son, Roman Kemp, it was like a dream come true. And weirdly, I dreamt a few years ago that I was going to meet Martin Kemp. 
And so it all came true. And I also did a reading on there for Karen from Bananarama, who was another big 80s band. Now, the funny thing was, I'd also had a dream that I'd meet Sir Cliff Richard. So I'm sure you've heard of Cliff Richard, um, Christian. If not, you'll have to you'll have to have a look. It's a little bit before your time. I would have to look him up. I'll do that right. Uh, I'll do that on he's Google a, later. He's a huge, he's a huge star. And although I didn't actually meet him in person and I didn't actually speak to him, he was also on the same show on the Zoom call and I could see him on the Zoom call. So, of course, these two dreams I had had come true. So it was really exciting. So, so yeah, I did quite a bit of TV that way, demonstrating how to do the pet readings. And this led to me having quite a few interviews on the radio, and also in magazines and, and newspapers. And so I just feel very privileged to have been able to share what I do, you know, and get it out there to people. So I've been very honored where that is concerned and I've really enjoyed it, you know, doing that. I've been lucky because I've had my own radio show for over 10 years now and right. have a nice, nice following with that. And I do free readings for people on there so that they can all have a try. They can all have a go and it doesn't cost them anything so they can experience um what i do and also you know i try and support them if they're going down that route themselves where they want to develop their own psychic abilities so your radio show is every wednesday and is it and you know people call in Yes, they um, text in or send an email in and I do a live radio show. It's on Pulse Talk Radio. Uh, that's UK time, 6 till 8 p.m. every Wednesday. We have some amazing guests on there. Uh, a lot of psychic mediums, a lot of holistic therapists, a lot of authors. And so people can text in, people can uh, send me an email why it's live and ask a question during the show and I will answer it and also the guest may join in and do a reading as well and I I am um, launched my own set of oracle cards um a year ago so I often use my own they're not tarot but they're similar to tarot cards and I wrote a book three years ago Christian called life by numbers which is all about when you keep seeing patterns of numbers or the same number uh, between one and a thousand with an interpretation of what that means for you so you can get a personal message through the book that, now, was, uh, that was one of the things I, I wanted to ask you was about your book because uh, um, I thought you know it was really interesting um, you know I was reading on your website you know you wrote the universal number of attraction um, that's right yeah, well, I was really, I was really poorly a few years ago. I had chronic anemia. I didn't know. I was rushed into hospital, and it took me some time to recover from. Mm -hmm. uh, consequently, what it did do was give me time to write my book. And because I work in a very spiritual way, I've been very interested in the universal law of attraction and manifesting things. Mm -hmm. And I can Absolutely. tell you a little bit more about that in a moment if you'd like me to. No, and so what I did was I, I believe I channeled the information for the book from the universe. The universe told me it was called universal number attraction so that when you see a number between one and a thousand that's meaningful to you, 
so for instance you might keep looking at the clock and every time you look at it it says 444 mm -hmm. or you might be driving around and you might see um, a registration number plate on a vehicle that's got your name on it and a number. So again, you, you kind of twig it and think, oh, I'm going to look that number up. Or you might just flick to a page of the book and go where you instinctively feel is right for you. But more often than not, what happens when I say to somebody, what number pops into your mind between one and a thousand? Normally, a number will just pop in. And we could try it if you want, Christian. Um, I mean, I, I would. I mean, I, I I like to keep those things kind of a mystery to me. Um, <laughs> that, that, that is like one of the ways I I uh, operate. I I've always believed in you know once I open that door and, and I kind of interpret it, I always have to give something back, and I I've never wanted to uh, open that door. Um, but I do well, believe maybe you will one day. Maybe you will one day because do you know what? It's fascinating and. It's nothing, you know, in the book, they're quite straight to the point messages. I didn't want to write a book that I love angels and fairy things and all that kind of stuff. I love it and I'm into right. it. But I know that people need help, guidance, especially when they're in a dilemma or they're stuck with something. And this book addresses that problem. So if you're unsure about something, if you don't know what to do, if you are having a bad day it's all about life it's not all about you know um fluffy things it's direct it's to the point it's to it's to help motivate you so that that's how the book works and i've been really lucky because it's been an amazon number one bestseller four times now awesome. so i've been been really privileged um with that so earlier when you mentioned uh you know you're a big believer in the law of attraction i am too um, you know, I, I always, my, my way of thinking, like, I, I, you know, I always tell myself that I'm not realistic because, you know, being real, realistic is, you know, what, you know, what you did, like you can, uh, set your mind to, and you can essentially achieve anything. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the MMA fighter, uh, Conor McGregor. Um, one of his quotes that he says is, um, if you can see it and have the courage to speak it, then it will happen. So I've kind of always been a big believer in uh, the law of attraction. Um, so I would like to hear your perspective on that. My perspective on it is that it aligns you to your purpose in life. Mm -hmm. So if you're asking for something that is going to support your life's purpose, it's going to come true and it's going to work for you. That's my perspective because that's what's happened to me. So what I actually did was I did um, a method where you look in your mind at like a blank screen, a white screen, and you put onto that screen, the first screen, what you want to happen, what you want to achieve. So I was testing it out. So the first thing I did, I thought, right, my book has never been an Amazon number one bestseller. Mm. It, it was published in 2017. So last August, um 2020 i i did this method and i said right i want to get my book to be an amazon number one bestseller number one in the ranking in numerology in that section so then you do the second screen which is like how you're going to get there it's going to support you in achieving it because i don't believe that you should just wait for it to happen 
you can work towards it to happen. You can show the universe that you're taking it seriously, that you're working together. And so in, the, in my mind, in the second screen, the answer that came was do a special offer. And then you have a third screen. And on that screen, you imagine how you're going to feel and how you're going to act if and when it all comes true. Mm -hmm. So what I actually did on that screen, I just imagined that I was cheering, that I was telling everybody I was really excited. You know, I was running around the house like a headless chicken going a little bit crazy. So anyway, I did that and I just thought, right, OK, what special offer can I do? I'm going to show the universe that I'm, I'm working with them. So I just thought, OK, if anybody buys my book on Amazon, I will send them a quick little email reading. Now, Christian, I had done that before. Mm -hmm. I'd already done a special offer before and my book had never been to number one. So I just kind of thought, well, I've tried that before and it didn't work. What's going to be different this time? But, you know, I thought, give it a go. This is the honest truth. 24 hours later, my book was an Amazon number one bestseller. Wow. I did the I just put it on Facebook and Instagram. That's all I did said I'll, I'll message if you buy it let me know you've bought it and I'll send you a little message Absolutely. and in it, in it works so of course then I, it was one o'clock in the morning when it hit number one so then I had to wake everybody up in the house running around telling them that yay it's number one you know and, and all this because that's what I'd done on the third screen so that worked so then I thought to myself okay that could be a coincidence mm -hmm. it could have been a bit of luck you know my skeptical mind was was doing that kind of thing so I thought what can I ask for next and I thought right I'm going to see if I can get on TV. So what I did then, I did exactly the same method, asked to be on the TV. And then that was sort of, I think that was on the Monday, on the Thursday of the same week, was when that news agency contacted me for a story um, about animal communication, which was the story I told you um, earlier about Fred the horse. Right. So then I, I thought, oh, at the time, you know, I thought, well, they've got me in the newspapers, but I'd asked to be on TV. And then, of course, it all led that led to me being on TV. So it's worked really well for me twice. And then I did it again to, because I wanted I'd had a car accident. Mm -hmm. um, I was OK. I'd got whiplash and it, it took over a year to sort out the insurance. It was it was a, a, a crazy thing that a was nightmare. going on with the right. car. They, they fixed it really badly, so it had to keep mm -hmm. going back. But the universe and spirit kept telling me the car would be written off, and they kept bringing it back repaired, but it still wasn't right. And it took a year, and eventually they did write the car off. So I then said I wanted this particular car, this particular model in bright blue. And my partner said, we're not going to find one of those. Um, this was on the Friday at four o'clock when the, the insurance confirmed the car was now written off. So we needed to get a car really quickly because I needed a car for Monday um, because I have to take my daughter to work because right. she lives in a remote place, uh, uh, works in a remote place in the countryside. So there's no bus route. And I said, I'm going to ask the universe to show us where this car will be. And literally, we bought it at half past eight on the Friday evening. Exactly the car, the model, the colour, everything. And I said, there you go. It's worked again. So 
it can really support you. I think it's good to believe in it. I know a lot of people do vision boards. I've never actually done a vision board myself. I've just started that this week as a right. different way of, of trying with it. But I did the three screens technique. So that's my way of, of using it. And the secret, I watched that many years ago, which is a brilliant introduction to it. But I think that I've kind of adapted it and listened to a lot, a lot of people who, who mm -hmm. um, have done this. It's called the silver method, who have done this silver method. method. OK. Yeah, the silver. It was Jason Silver. And, and um, it was developed by a wonderful man um, who is called Vision Lakiani, and I I saw him pop up on Facebook, and you know when you keep going on and you just get all these sponsored things when right. you're on Facebook, and, and I time, usually yeah. I usually like ignore them and dismiss them, mm. but I looked at his face and I thought this guy he's the real deal. Something sort of resonated, and he's got a company called Mind Valley. So I don't know if you've heard of that or anybody is, you know, is familiar with it. They've got a great app, and I did. That was his his um, method that I did, and and it worked for me. And I know that you can find that on YouTube, or you can, um, you know, just Google Mind Valley if anybody's interested mm -hmm. in doing that. So I'm very open to all sorts of things, but I like to try them out first before I tell other people about it. Yeah, I know, definitely. I, you know, what's worked for me is, you know, writing, writing it down in kind of a sort of a paragraph form. Um, and, you know, it might be one or two things, but I also do believe that, you know, you know, you can shoot really high and then you may not, you know, get what you want, but at the end of the day, it kind of serves you better to have that, you know, high expectation or, you know, that high, uh, high goal for yourself so but I know a lot of people that I've you know I've spoke to they they've used uh, vision boards but you know I, I'm always open to you know different techniques when it comes to a uh, law of attraction well really Christian you have to go with what feels right for you mm -hmm. and to explore all these different methods is great but to kind of feel like you are pushed towards one is the one for you to try because that's that's your own intuition telling you that that is going to work well with you. You're going to blend with it because different things work for different people. Right now, you, you know, you mentioned earlier that you, you before your book wasn't, you know, before you had written your book, do you think the universe, it was the universe's way of, you know, putting you in your hospital, the hospital of trying to get you to write that book? Well, I've thought about that myself and I, I don't I don't know because I'd started the book three years previously when well I must have been ill for a very long time. I'd started the book three years previously, but it was one of those things, you know, you start something and then you kind of put it down and you don't find time to go back to it. And I'd been a vegetarian for many years. Mm -hmm. And also I had suffered for many years with really bad heartburn and the doctor had put me on an, a medication called Amoprazil. Now that's a, what they call a PPI, which blocks the production of acid in your stomach. So it mm -hmm. helps you with, with the indigestion basically. But I've been on it for 12 years, which is a very long time to be on it. Now, when you are a vegetarian, you're not having any meat and having this medication, 
both things were blocking um obviously meat is where you get your iron from obviously you get it from other sources but it's red meat is a good source of iron and also the amoprazil also blocks your body absorbing iron and also i'm a, a huge tea drinker i love cups of tea and again that was another contributory factor it blocks your iron so what had happened my my health had dwindled over many years and the doctors didn't know what was wrong with me until i had a blood test and then i had an emergency phone call to get into hospital immediately because it was that bad they thought i'd got internal bleeding then they realized after they did loads of tests that actually I'd kind of hit rock bottom. It had just dwindled down over a period of time because they couldn't understand how I was still functioning with the level that I was at, that I wasn't like fainting and that I was still able to walk around. I did feel really ill, but most people would have collapsed, you see. So right. they they realized that. And obviously it was a slow journey back to restoring that. And, and, and I must admit now I do eat meat. I find it difficult to eat it, but I know I have to stay right. healthy. And that is the best way for me. Um, and of course that sort of, um, I felt really difficult in doing that because I communicate with animals but I've had to kind of get my head around it that I can only do good work if I'm well and and so it did give me that opportunity I really don't know whether the universe would do that to me you know say right let's make you really ill so that you'll write that flipping book that you should have wrote three years ago I, I don't know but what I will say is it was it was a blessing in disguise mm. because my lifestyle changed as well and also i came off that medication that was hard but there was no way i was ever going to take that again and, and i don't like taking any medication right. so that was better for me in that respect but it was aligning me to what i needed to do because i was too busy you know i was too busy being busy you know, we'd bought and we'd bought a house that is a doer upper house. So we were just plowing everything into that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really doing many readings because I was too busy, you know, decorating. We were having an extension on the house. We were living in a caravan in the garden, you know, so I'd kind of come off my life purpose, I believe, you know, I wasn't doing my work that I should be doing. And so it got me back into that. So I think my way of looking at it is that the universe supports you when you're on the right track. You know, when when you've got a belief that you should be doing a certain job or that you should be, like you've already mentioned, aiming really high, you will be supported because that that is where you're supposed to be. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And you know that yourself. And one of the things that people ask me all the time the question they ask me, they say to me, what's my life purpose? I'm stuck. I don't know what I should be doing. And I always say, what are you passionate about? What do you love? What really gets you going? Then start with that first. So, so like for you, Christian, you know, you, you do your lovely podcasts, you interview amazing people. I mean, you might find that you're really passionate about about what you do and then if that's the case and you want to go off in other areas you know maybe with radio or media or whatever it might be then you've already made the initial um footstep towards it but never 
never limit yourself don't ever let anybody say to you oh yeah well you, you don't want to do that because mm. if you do that then you're not going out and doing a normal job and you're going to be struggling for money or because people will put their fears onto you and I had that quite a lot where people were putting their fears onto me you know oh you know that's not a real job and you shouldn't be doing that you're a trained nursery nurse you should be working in schools like you used to do and so I I tended to just do it anyway because I believe in in what I do right. and I think yeah. that we can often absorb other people's fears because really it's because they wouldn't have the um maybe they wouldn't have the confidence or the motivation to follow what they want to do so you must always go for your dreams even if you think those dreams are impossible that isn't a reason not to do it um Absolutely. it was interesting because i was listening to some of your podcasts before um we chat chatted today mm -hmm. and you've got a podcast with a guy who was going and living in his van and oh, i love yeah. that that he'd gone off and because my son has done exactly the same, he went off and he went around Europe for four months. He's got wow. a Volkswagen T4. So I understand van life. Is he still doing it now? Yeah, he 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 does. He just he can't at the moment because of the because of the pandemic. Of right. course, he can't really go anywhere. But he did do it for four months with his girlfriend. And my other daughter, Rachel, she's just bought a, a VW T3. And, and my opinion of it is, is that I've always encouraged them to do whatever they want to do. Mm -hmm. So I said, go off, do it, go around Europe in your van. You'll be fine. You're, this is an experience that you can't miss. So I'm very conscious with my children not to hold them back that it's important to encourage their dreams, whatever that may be. And I feel a little bit like that for you. You need to just think, I'm not going to let anybody hold me back. I'm going to go for what I want to do. That's really important um, to just have that self-belief. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's amazing and awesome that, you know, you encourage your, your children to go off and have those experiences. Um, I, I, that's something that I probably didn't get until, uh, you know, as an adult where I was really open to trying to experience as much as I could, whether it had to do with food or going to concerts or traveling. Um, so I think that's amazing that, you know, you encourage that. And I, I do agree that self-belief is, you know, something that, you know, everybody can work on, especially, uh, myself. So I, th I think that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I'm very passionate about that. I did a set of oracle cards, which I had published uh, with all the photographs on them from all around Europe that my children had took these wonderful pictures. And I said, you can't waste those those stunning pictures. And we turned them into a set of oracle cards that I use all the time awesome. to celebrate their van life and, and what they did. And um, I called them live your best life. And I, I did them because a lot of oracle cards and tarot cards um, haven't got that. Well, some of them have, but mm -hmm. haven't got that appeal to really younger people. And so these are quite modern and trendy with their pictures on. So right. I wanted to really do that. So it just it turned those experiences into like really good memories that other people can use. So I, I try and encourage young people who who are 
psychic or want to develop their abilities because you do find a lot of in this industry is kind of people my age you know in their 50s and older and it's important to encourage the people that are up and coming um, in this industry and support them and and help them understand what's going on for them as well so that was one of the reasons I wanted to use their pictures to appeal to a younger a younger audience now would you say you know your industry is hyper competitive um to me i always you know i'm driving down the road and i just see a bunch of you know media assigned for mediums um you know their place of business yeah it it is quite competitive in some ways but it's like any industry i'm very lucky because i do the radio show i've interviewed hundreds of psychics and mediums over the years and some of those have become really good friends for me and we've kept in touch we help and we support each other because it's not um there is no like real um governing body that you can go to for assistance right. or help within this industry it's not really um monitored in that way but but i i have a good team of people around around me that i trust and i know that are very ethical and we don't compete with each other our view on it is that there's enough to go around for everybody and the right person will find the right medium and to always go to somebody who you've been recommended to is important but i do see quite a lot on things like instagram and facebook a, lo a lot of people being um, what I would call backbiting each other or right. developing quite a large ego. I remember once that I interviewed somebody on my radio who was an up and coming medium and he was delighted to come on, on into the studio and be interviewed. And, you know, I thought, well, that, that helps him get out there. And he was, he was really good. And then I bumped into him a year later at like a festival, you know, like um, it was a weekend, it was a psychic weekend. And I bumped into him and I said, hey, I said, how's everything going? You know, would you like to come back on the radio show um, again? You'd be very welcome. And he said, oh, well, he said, you'll have to, um, you'll have to phone my, you'll have to phone my receptionist right. and see if I've got any, if I've got any um, spaces in my diary. And I just looked at him, I went, nah, forget it. <laughs> you know because i thought yeah, that's, that's how it's got you you've got you've gone really big-headed now and i didn't have to book through your your lady before and i'm not going to book through your lady this time if you don't look at it that we're friends in the same mm -hmm. industry and we can chat like that i'm not interested and i'm a bit like that christian to be honest i like to get on with people but when somebody gets a big ego or they get a bit too big for the boots do you know what i'm i, I just i really struggle with that no, yeah, I mean, that uh, egos are really hard to, um, you know, be compatible with, you know, I have, and sometimes, you know, I can have a big ego. And I, I think it's just human nature for a lot of people to have, um, like one of those large egos. But once you forget where you don't, uh, like, once you forget where you came from, that, that that's a turnoff for me. And once you start trying to belittle the other people and um, just see yourself really above everybody, that that's a major turnoff for me as well. Well, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, I don't think anything of being on TV. It was fun. It was a good experience. It hasn't changed me as a person. At the end of the day, I still shop in the pound shop. 
you know what I mean? And right. buy all the bargains. It doesn't make any difference to me. I'm still, I'm still Beth, you know, and, and people go, oh, wow. And I just go, oh, it's not, it's not an issue. I don't see it like that. It was an opportunity. I enjoyed it. It was fun. You mm -hmm. know, I don't view it any differently. I don't class myself in that, in that, with that status whatsoever. And, and I like meeting people and like yourself, you know, it's good to, it's good to, kind of meet new people and, and see what they're up to and make these connections and, and that's what's important really to me is just is helping each other that that's the main thing that really um you know that I always I always hope that I do anyway I do my best to help people no absolutely I you know since I've been doing this podcast you know I whether or not it you know it takes off but you know, one thing that I, I enjoy doing is, you know, hearing the different stories that people have to tell. And I think it's just awesome what the stories that I've heard so far and just learning and connecting with people. I, I think it's just a awesome thing. So my question to you is, you know, since you've been doing your radio show, what's one thing you've learned about yourself while doing uh, your radio show? Coming out of my comfort zone. That's the, the biggest thing that I've learned about myself, because when you first start these things, you just think, oh my goodness, who's going to want to listen to me? Who, you know, what, who do I think I am doing this that right. people might tune in, you know? And, um, and also it was when I first started radio, which was in about 2009 on a local station um, to where I used to live, I went into the studio, I had a host, he did all the controls. I just had to do the readings and talk. Now, um, I, I did that for five years every Sunday. I moved house um, and I was an hour away and, and I ended up, you know, buying, we bought this house, the doer upper, like I say, I hadn't got time to do it, but I missed it badly. And right. I had the opportunity to go onto this online Pulse Talk Radio, which is a wonderful station run by a, an amazing man called Carl. And I've had to, I do that from home. I've got a studio mm. at home. I do that from, and I've had to learn how to operate the broadcasting software. I had to really come out of my comfort zone with that. Now in my industry, I'm okay. I can ask people questions. I know what to ask because I get it. But during the lockdown a, a year ago, um, I really felt that I ought to do something in my community to help people. Everybody seemed to be, you know, taking people shopping or taking them to the hospital or really being helpful. And I thought, what can I do with my skills? And I actually started a community radio show on Pulse Talk Radio for our town of Malvern in Worcestershire. Mm -hmm. Now, because I thought I'd be, I'd be all right at that because I was used to doing radio, I got myself in a right um, sort of tiz over it, really, because I was interviewing people who weren't psychic people. Right. They didn't know anything about the kind of stuff that I do. I'd got the mayor of Malvern on. I'd got the local MPs on. I'd got teachers on. I'd got people who were caterers and, and all different industries and that made me more nervous because I felt a little bit like, oh, well, I don't know about your job. And, mm -hmm. and that made me really sort of ground myself. And, um, it, you know, it got me back into keeping my feet on, on the floor. But 
it, the show was really successful. I did it for 12 weeks. I hope it helped people locally. We, we shared things that we could all do. We offered different levels of help to different people. And it was a privilege to do that. And, and you know, I felt honored that I was able to do something useful. And mm -hmm. we featured local music, you know, singer songwriters in the area and local bands so it was great fun so sometimes to progress what you need to do is to say yes to an opportunity but come out of your comfort zone and give it a try even if you think i don't know anything about it or i can't do it you just to push yourself is really important for your own progression right. and do you know what you'll surprise yourself at how well that you can cope you know, sometimes that's under pressure, but mm -hmm. that's okay. It really teaches you about yourself. The other thing that I did do, which I think is one of the big things for me in the past, is that I, I went on, my, my sister booked me on to a counselling course, um, and that was a massive thing. I, I went and did three levels of up to level three counselling for people. Right. But during that training, um, you learn a lot about who you are mm -hmm. and about yourself. So if anybody's kind of thinking that they want to work with people or be helpful and serve people in some way, that's something that people could also look at because although it is about listening and talking and, and assisting people, it is also helpful to understand who you are because, mm. you know, I've had a wonderful upbringing. I've got wonderful parents and a wonderful family, but I had two very disastrous marriages, which were horrendous. Right. So I've, I've been through um, quite a traumatic time in my life um, through one thing and another. And so, you know, to make a success of what I've been doing has been important for me really. Um, and, so I think that I have a good understanding of when people are going through hard times and difficulties within their own lives. I do try and be very empathetic and I try and support right. them as, as much as possible because I've, I've been there. I've been in bad places. I've had no money. I've, I've been um, stolen from all sorts mm. of things, you know. And so it gives you a really good understanding of people. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would say, you know, I'm, I would say I'm an empathetic person, but when it comes to, you know, having sympathy for others, I, I would say that's something that I struggle with. I always think like, you know, I've had my experiences and I got over it. So why can't you? And so I, I, I'm glad, you know, that, that you bring that up, you know, having that, you know, that sort of empathy and understanding. Um, and also going back to what you said about, you know, your comfort zone. I remember when I, I first did, you know, my first episode with this podcast and I was terrified. I, I you know, I was shaking and I kept interrupting uh, the guy that I was interviewing. And I was like, man, am I really cut out for this? Is this something that I want to keep doing? I'm, I'm just going to embarrass myself. But as each episode has gone by, you know, I've learned something new about everyone that I've talked to. And it's kind of, you know, slowly have brought me out of my comfort zone and um, being less shy and getting out of my shell and kind of understanding uh, the stories that people have to tell. Um, but it goes That's back to good. what you said about, you know, having empathy and- um, Well, you're very professional. You, you know, you really are. You've got a good career in doing this and you should have felt nervous at the beginning and you should have been shaking. And I'll tell you why. 
because it was meaningful to you. Mm, it was absolutely. something that you was passionate about. It was something that you wanted to do. And if you hadn't have had those reactions, then if you don't care about what you're doing, then why bother? Mm -hmm. So if you look at it, I always think that if I feel excited, if I feel nervous, it's because it means something to me. You know, the day that I do a radio show that I'm just thinking, oh, I can't be bothered with this. I'm just going through the motions is the day that I'll stop doing it. Because right. although I've been doing it for over 10 years, I look forward to each one. On a Wednesday, I get myself all excited thinking, oh, I'll do a psychic challenge. What can we do this week? What psychic development can we do? That'll be exciting. That'll be right. fun. And I, get, and I get really sort of excited by it. You know, being invited on your podcast, I was like, yes, this will be great. I'm so, so looking forward to it. I can't wait. I, I really love it. So you think about how far you've come but also think that that bit of nerves that adrenaline buzz is that one of the reasons you do it you know mm -hmm. and to challenge yourself is really important because you've come on and, and now you realize that you're not shaking anymore you're not interrupting people you're doing a really good job now you've learned some really valuable skills and also you're doing something that you love no absolutely yeah and I, I definitely agree that having that excitement is really important and you know in anything that you really do um and it definitely does mean something you know when you know you want to dedicate you know your time to this podcast and it means something to you and you know whoever listens to it or not you know it means something to you and that's very important um so i you know I, i'm very grateful for you to you know you coming on this podcast and it it's it was awesome to have you on um so my question for you is what's next for you? Um, what do you, what do you have in, in store um, for your career and, you know, your radio show and do you plan on writing any new books? I'm writing two new books at the moment. One about animal communication and that's teaching yourself how to be a pet psychic. So I'm trying to show everybody how they can do that. And I'm writing another book about psychic development, but it's a fun book. Um, so it kind of, demystifies it but in a in an, a quite a good way that you'll want to interact with hopefully anyway um i'm always open to any opportunities that come you know any articles in magazines or tv or radio i'm always open to that if it happens great right. if it doesn't that's absolutely fine as well um so yeah i i just stay open-minded really christian I, and i think i'll probably come up with something that i'll want to use the universal law of attraction again um but i'm you know i don't do that all of the time but every now and again i think hmm i might try this and that that's exciting so i'm just kind of really open to it i think one of the things i would like to achieve um maybe next year or oh, would be nice if it was this year. I keep thinking now that I would like a VW van, but like a, not an old one, like a more right. modern one, do a bit of that van life thing. You know? so, <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about that recently, thinking, oh, that would be good fun. And um, I would like, I mean, you know, reaching for the stars mm. and kind of thinking, you know, how high could I go with all this? I'd love my own TV show. And, and I know that sounds like, 
a little bit like, oh yeah, you know, why would anybody give you a TV show? But you know, again, how no, I mean, that aim is really crazy. high. I don't know whether it would ever happen. Yeah. It would be wonderful if it did happen, but I'm going to aim for that, and um, we'll see if it does ever happen. If it does, you'll have to come on as a guest. Right. <laughs> yeah, that would, that, that would be awesome. Um, but I do, you know, if you have that opportunity to, you know, do van life. I mean. I haven't done it yet, and that's something that I aspire to do one day. Um, but you know, after speaking with uh, one of my previous guests, you know, hearing his story and just there's something about that lifestyle that's very attractive. Um, whether or not it's for a whole year or summer, I, mean, I suggest you know if you have that opportunity, go ahead and do it. Um, and yeah, I, mean, I like I my comfort. So my son's got quite an old camper van. Um, a T4 and my daughter's got the T3 and that hers is from 1985 I think so obviously I would want something a bit more modern that in it with a, a nice comfy bed and uh, lots of tea making facilities <laughs> you know so you'd have to have a cooker in there but uh, you know you, you don't like roughing it as much when you get a bit older but you know that concept of just being on the open road, visiting gorgeous places, going to the coast. And I've never been to Scotland here in the UK. And that's something that keeps coming into my mind. I'd like to go mm -hmm. to Edinburgh. I'd like to have a drive around there. So those kind of things. And I think it's really important to have a goal, something that you're hoping to achieve in, in your life. I think that 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 is a really good thing to do, you know. So, yeah, but I've really enjoyed being on your podcast. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank could I give? Me. Could I ask if I could give out my Instagram or yeah, Facebook? Yes, so I was, was going to ask uh, that question. Uh, where can people find you? And if you wanted to, you know, plug in your website and um, thank you. the episode, I was going to tag you and everything. But oh, thank you so much. Well, me? I'm trying to get my Instagram followers up. Um, so my Instagram is Elizabeth Lee Crowther underscore psychic. And then my Facebook is Psychic Beth. I've got a Facebook page on there. And my website is psychicbeth.com. It's it needs updating. I'll just tell <laughs> you now. It does need updating, but uh, I can be contacted through there as well. Okay. Yeah, it was a great having you on and I really enjoyed our conversation and I'll make sure to you know, make sure everyone gets, uh, you know, your Instagram and your website. I'll put it on the YouTube video. And uh, it was great having you on. I enjoyed it. And I learned a lot. Well, I've learned a lot, too. Thanks for having me. And I'll share it around. Hopefully some of my people will be interested to take a listen as well. And, and just keep doing what you're doing, Christian. It, you know, it's been fabulous chatting to you today. I've really enjoyed it. Same to you and good luck with everything. And I, you know, I'm rooting for you. I, I do see you and, you know, having your own uh, TV show one day. Um, so best of luck to you. And I uh, would love to stay in contact with you. Well, I'll aim for the moon and hopefully I'll reach the stars so that I'm going to look at it like that. You never know. <laughs> right. Oh, you take care. Thank you so yeah. much. Bye-bye. Bye. That's it for today's episode. I will catch you guys next time on the next episode of the Flight Draft Podcast.